All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, nonstop Leafs talk starts now. It is another measuring stick game for the Maple Leafs as they get set to host the Colorado Avalanche tonight at Scotiabank Arena, presented by Points Back Canada. It's the Wednesday edition. Of Leafs morning take Nick Alberga with you Jay Rosal as you can see not here today working his firefighting job but don't fret three hits with Rosie is coming up in about five minutes from now remember to subscribe tap that like button leave us a review wherever you're checking us out and don't forget to, to visit the leafsnation.com for the very latest on all things Toronto Maple Leafs as you can see here we're live at the Leafs Nation 401 at the Leafs Nation 401 our brand spanking our brand spanking new YouTube page which you can check out at the Leafs Nation 401 Thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, you can drop us a line in the chat down below here on YouTube, and we'll get to it uh, a bit later on in the show. Should mention as well, special guest on today's show, Johnny Malkin. Yeah, in about 10 minutes from now, John Mitchell, former Leaf, former Avalanche, former New York Ranger, among other squads, uh, now does stuff for Altitude TV down in Denver. So we'll get his thoughts on this uh, big game, the second of two this season between Toronto and Colorado, the first since New Year's Eve, of course. We'll get his thoughts on that. Maybe some stories on being a Leaf and uh, just in general what he's been up to. So that's coming up. John Mitchell, former Toronto Maple Leafs. But for now, let's get over the boards. All right. So as mentioned, uh, the defending Stanley Cup champions are in town after just an 8-4 wiping beatdown of the Montreal Canadiens on Monday. Really, really impressive victory. That said, they lost another player. This time it was our Terry Lekkinen. 
A very similar injury to what Ryan O'Reilly is dealing with right now, a broken finger. So Lekkonen's out four to six weeks. Again, he played a monumental role in that cup run last spring for the Colorado Avalanche. So again, they're hoping to have him back before game one of their Stanley Cup playoff run as they try to repeat this season. But that's been the theme of this campaign for the Colorado Avalanche is the injuries they've mounted up. Landeskog hasn't played a game. Of course, their captain, um, you know, Lekkinen, Nachushkin's been banged up. McKinnon's been banged up. McCarr's been banged up. Like, you name the player, they've been injured at some point in time this season. So you start to wonder if uh, they're just running out of racetrack in this season in terms of trying to repeat. And it just shows you the wear and tear of playing well into the spring into June, what it can do to a team and we're seeing right now with the Colorado Avalanche. So as reference, back on New Year's Eve, we all do remember that if we're Leafs fans. Uh, just a, a great way to finish up a disappointing year in general in 2022, a 6-2 beatdown at Ball Arena. If you remember that game, Michael Bunting had two goals. Nylander had two assists. It was a really, really strong outing for the Leafs and Sheldon Keefe and company to finish up the year, uh, especially coming off that loss, I believe it was, to the Arizona Coyotes to bounce back, get that win in Colorado, a measuring stick game. Whether teams admit it or not, you know they're fired up. They're good to go. Uh, it's easy to get ga up for games like this. You know, very often we talk about on this show how it's tough to get up for uh, the cellar-dweller teams, and you really have to find it in you to get up for those games. I think it's a lot different for these games when you're playing defending cup champs like the Colorado Avalanche. So I'm very curious because Colorado's been playing excellent. They have 63 goals in the last 17 games. So I think from the points back Canada point of view, if you want to look at something, potentially it's the over. Uh, by the way, we don't know the starting goalies just yet, but I do think it's going to be Ilya Samsonov against Alexander Georgiev, who started the other night for the Colorado Avalanche. And in terms of lines as well, was seeing the lines from the morning skate just before I popped on here, and it looked like Luke Shen was taking reps, I think, with Eric Gustafson. So I don't know if that means he's in or out. I wonder if Toronto goes back to the conventional 12-6. and six. I know the 11-7 and seven has been getting a lot of play for some reason in this market, so... Uh, stay posted on that front. We'll keep you up to date if we do find something out during this show uh, in terms of the uh, lineup configuration. But again, Luke Shen is back practicing with this team. And I, I don't think there has to be a rush to get him back in the lineup. Again, he's been through a lot the last couple weeks. Finally, has his third kid, gets traded from the Vancouver Canucks to the Maple Leafs, plays uh, you know, that game, makes his return to Vancouver too. I don't think there's a rush, especially with all the depth they possess right now in the back end to get Luke Shen in the lineup. But in general, I just want to see a bounce back effort from this Maple Leafs team. It was just a disappointing way to lose that game against Buffalo. I thought they were awesome in the first half of that game, but the second half, a different story. They took their foot off the gaff, uh, gas, and, and teams have a tendency of doing that. I just want to see a bit of a response and how the Leafs will react to that type of game. Again, when they had Buffalo at their mercy up 2-0, 30 minutes in that game. Yeah, first half of the game was all Toronto's. And then they let Buffalo in the game. And next thing you know, the Sabres walk out with a 4-3 victory. So that's the thing to look at. Austin Matthews is starting to cook a bit here. A three-game goal streak. He has, I believe, 10 points in his last seven outings, which is excellent news for this team. Mitch Marner, can he rack up another multi-point effort? You know, these big boys love playing the big boys. And with Nathan McKinnon in town, what he's been doing as of late, you know that's going to fire up Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and company to do their thing. Not to mention Miko Rantanen. For my money, still one of the more underrated players in the league. So at the very least, this one is, is worth the price of admission. If you're heading to the game, if you're watching the game, if you're listening to the game, it's, it's always great when you get Toronto and Colorado, and it doesn't happen um, frequently enough, in my opinion, just twice a season. 
And uh, as mentioned, John Mitchell, former Colorado Avalanche, former Toronto Maple Leaf, now with Altitude TV, will drop by in about five minutes from now. We'll get his thoughts and his takes on everything. But for now, let's turn it over to Jay Rosehill. Three hits with Rosie. Hello, folks, and welcome back to an edition of Three Hits with Rosie. We haven't done one of these in a while, mostly due to my tireless work ethic and passion for my craft. I almost never miss a show anymore, but unfortunately, I won't be here today, so I bring you this. Number one, what the Toronto Maple Leafs need to do moving forward is avoid being complacent. Complacent is a word that in pro hockey you will hear over and over and over again to the point of being nauseous because coaches love to say it, say it because coaches hate to see it. Being complacent is something that happens naturally. It's not something you set out to do, obviously, but it's something that happens this time of year. You're post-All-Star game, you're post-trade deadline, you're waiting for the playoffs, and you can get complacent. I think we saw that in spades the other night against the Buffalo Sabres with this team and it's something that can creep into people's or teams games and you want to avoid it at all costs because you want to be running into the playoffs like a freight train where you're just constantly getting better and you're just hitting your stride at the drop of the puck of game one and you're plateauing right for playoffs that's what you need to do and sometimes it's difficult to do that because you're you're nursing injuries you're licking your wounds your excitement level has been going on you're kind of figured out who you're playing in the playoffs some guys even know who's home ice guys are winning divisions and this and that and it's it's easy to get complacent and not have the same jam for all of these games whether you know who you're playing or home ice or whether everything's decided or not, you want your team to be firing on all cylinders going towards those playoffs. And that's what the Leafs need to try to do. They can start by doing it. Number two, they got the Colorado Avalanche tonight. And they're no slouch. Their road record is just as good as their, Rome or as their home record. Sorry, I think they're 6-3-1 and one in their last 10. They've won the last two. It's a good measuring stick right now. Not that the Leafs need to be measured or anything, but it's a good way to get your bearings against a legit team. Obviously, the Stanley Cup defending champions right now, and they are going to come into Toronto, and they're going to give them a good test. And if the Leafs play their best, they can win, but I hope they find something and shake off whatever was going down on Saturday night, and they can start to get that train rolling into station here against the Avalanche tonight. Number three, we talked about it yesterday on the show a little bit, but with these goaltenders, people keep asking. I'm kind of always shocked or talking or making um, predictions on who's going to play game one in the playoffs. And I truly believe that those guys in the locker room, the coaching staff, they have day-to-day -day decisions to make constantly. Why would they worry about something and make a decision that they don't have to make today. No one knows what it's going to look like exactly here in the next 15 games, in the next few weeks coming before playoffs. I agree with Nick. All things being the same with these two goaltenders, they would go with Matt Murray. He's got the experience in spades with two Stanley Cup wins under his belt. He has that experience, and if they're playing the same, that would put him over the top and make him the starter coming game one. Totally agree. That's not necessarily going to be the case. I mean, if it started two-day playoffs, I believe they would go with Ilya Samsonov simply because he's playing better. They're just going to go with their hot hand, and they've been saying that since day one. And that is not a problem. That is not an issue. That is not a 
confusing thing. That's a luxury that this team has because they have two capable goaltenders. They don't have a number one. So many other teams have that number one, and that's great. And whether their number one is fantastic or not, they know that if he goes down or starts to lose it, they don't really have any other options, and the Maple Leafs do. And again, I don't think they're going to make that decision on who's starting in the playoffs until the week of, the couple days before the playoffs. That's my prediction. We'll wait and see what happens, but a lot of fun and exciting stuff coming down the barrel. Thank you. Back to you, Nick. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Oh, yes, the uh, one and only Jay Rosehill giving us three hits with Rosie here. Not uh, available for today's show and looking forward to the Stanley Cup playoffs, looking forward to this game against the Colorado Avalanche. And uh, I love the word complacency in that conversation as we welcome in today's guest, uh, former Leaf, former Avalanche, now an analyst with Altitude TV. It is John Mitchell. What's up, John? How you doing, Nick? I'm fantastic. I won't lie. A little disappointed my whole life as a Leaf fan. I grew up and thought you were from Oakville, Ontario. And then you tell me yesterday you were there for like two years, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was there for a quick stint when I was born. My, my dad's from Oakville. My mom's from Hamilton. So lived in uh, Oakville for the first two years of my life and then uh, then, then made the uh, the trek uh, a little further south down to the, down to the hammer. Probably a smart play there, my man. I appreciate you coming on today. I know Lee's fans fired up to have you on. Were you familiar with the nickname Johnny Malkin, John? You know what? So I think my dad had mentioned that to me at some point or something like that. And I, 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 I I'm aware of it. What that really means, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. I was. I, I guess I'm a poor, <laughs> a poor man's uh, Malkin. That was for sure. Yeah, pretty much you scored the filthiest goals and you worked your ass off. And right away, I think you became a fan favorite with the least fan base. And pretty much they called you like an Evgeny Malkin light and named you Johnny Malkin because you scored the sickest goals and had like the sickest plays and never got the credit, you know? Well, I, I, I guess that happens, right? Sometimes every, every once in a while you catch lightning in a bottle and uh, 
you <laughs> score some flashy you score some flashy goals but uh you know i guess the the consistency part of that doing that all the time was uh was lacking there i love the modesty and of course now you're covering the colorado avalanche for altitude tv and what a team to cover what an era to be covering the colorado avalanche well what's it been like covering this team I mean, it's phenomenal. Every night you get to see, obviously, world-class players with Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Kale McCarr. I mean, this guy's just silly. The things that he's able to do on the blue line and just rush the puck. He, he honestly looks like, you know, Bobby Orr back in the in the 70s. He's just, he, he's such a fluid skater. He's aware of what's going on the ice. Uh, and just the, the way Colorado plays offense in the offensive zone is I think I said it last time I was on the broadcast, they're kind of revolutionizing how mm. teams play in the offensive zone just because of how much their D are involved. The, the, the days of D-man just, hey, you are not allowed to go within five feet of the inside the offensive blue line. You got to stay back. I mean, for the avalanche, those days are over because there, there are quite a few cases multiple times during the game where Colorado will have two defensemen within five feet of the front of the net and they'll have two forwards up at the blue line, right? And it, it just, it confuses defense, especially when defense defensive teams play zone because D, all of a sudden you've got two D in front of the net and those two forwards have vacated the front of the net and D and wingers are like, well, what's, what's going on here? I, I, I don't know where to be. And that's where, you know, the Avalanche get a lot of their offense from. They get a lot of shots, you know, just inside the blue line from forwards with D-man in front of the net, <laughs> you know, assuming forward positions. So they're, they're potent offensively, but just the, the way that they cycle the puck and they use, use their, their D-man in their offense is, is special to watch. What's the feeling around the Avalanche team right now? Obviously, we know how difficult it is to repeat. We know how banged up this team is. Gabe Landeskog hasn't played a game this season. Then you lose our Terry Lekkinen, makes his revenge return to the Bell Center, scores 2-1, and one, then promptly leaves that game, breaks his finger. It just never seems like we'll, we'll be able to get like the full belief or feel of this Colorado team with everybody in that lineup, sadly. Yeah, I mean... You're, you're absolutely right. They've been banged up every every game. They, you know, okay, we're getting a little bit closer to getting a player back. Boom, somebody else gets injured, you're right? Like, and, and Lekkinen, he, he's a good player. He plays on the first line with, with McKinnon and Nachushkin. You know, I, I think he's got close to 50 points. He's had a career year, you know, and he's just, he's such a, he's such a driver for that, that line because he's first, uh, first in on the forecheck. He'll get the puck, he'll get it to Nate, and then the, his first thought is to get to the front of the net. Right. He, he plays a simple game, but it's very effective for what he does on that line. So losing someone like him is it's obviously going to be difficult for their team. And I think they called up uh, Galchenyuk. And I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, he didn't fare too well in the couple games that he got called up earlier. Mind you, he I think he was coming off of injury and he hadn't played too many games down in the American Hockey League. So. He's got a few more games under his belt. He's obviously played a lot of games in the NHL. Hopefully he can kind of find his stride and give this team a little bit of a boost. I, I, he's not going to be in our Terry Lekkinen, but you know, I, I'm not even sure where he's going to be slotted in the lineup, to be quite honest. From Ali's perspective, I'm already preparing myself for the inevitable, like Dennis Malgan from Alex Galchenyuk goal. And you played in the league, man. It's like you always <laughs> get up for games against your former teams, especially when like you know, you, you leave not on your terms, if that makes sense. You want to give it to them, man. Like, there's a belief internally, isn't there, when you make a return to a team? 
A hundred percent, without a doubt. I mean, yeah. there's that little, you have a little bit more jam, you got a little bit more edge to your mm-hmm. game. And you, I mean, and, and a lot of times for, you know, good players that are third, fourth line guys, you're, you're not leaving on your terms. You're, you're getting shipped out whether you like it or not. So yeah, there's a, there's a little revenge aspect to that. And I mean, let's be honest, anytime you're coming into Toronto to play a game, whether you play for that team or not, that's an exciting place to play and be at. So yeah, you best believe that uh, those two guys will be looking to get on the score sheet or, you know, Im- impact, have a big impact in the game at some point. You just know what's happening. So I'm happy you brought up our Terry Leckin. And uh, to me, this was like, not like the steal of last year's deadline, but I just love the placement with that roster. And Joe Sackick, I think that was a very under-the-radar move. Like Ivan Barbashev is a guy with Vegas who I think can do the very same thing that Lekkinen did with Colorado. He's sort of a Swiss Army knife. So I ask you this. I know you're tied in with the Leafs perspective. You watch some of their games as well. Is there a player on that roster right now that you can identify and say, hey, he can he can bring a lot of what Lekkinen brought to Colorado last year? Are you referring to like the, the Leafs roster? Yeah, like a Kerfoot. Like we've talked about Kerfoot being that guy. Is there a couple guys on that roster that you look at that say, hey, they can elevate to play to that level? Well, I mean, I obviously Ryan O'Reilly is a huge component. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he breaks his finger, but I mean, he was playing really yeah. well, and you'll you'll have him for the playoffs, and he's a proven playoff stud. So we, we let's not even talk about him. But I I think the the sneaky undercover, really good piece that came with that trade was that Achari guy. That that is a that guy is built for the playoffs period right because he he's a banger he gets in the corners he'll muck it up he'll get to the front of the net he's more like Arturi Lekkinen than probably anybody else that the Leafs picked up at the deadline and I I just I I love that trade when I saw that they got factor I was like oh that's great and then when they I heard that they threw in Achari at the same time I'm like wow that that, that's a phenomenal trade to get both of those players because Toronto needs somebody like him in their lineup you know, you, I, Kerfoot, he's a good player, but, you know, at the same time, he's a smaller player. You need you need a big body. You need somebody that's willing to bang, get to the front of the net, muck it up, all that kind of stuff. And I feel like Noel Achari is a, is a great asset for that Toronto Maple Leafs team going into the playoffs. Where do you stand in that conversation? Obviously, you saw it firsthand with Colorado last year. Like, the Manson pickup was unbelievable. Like, I think you need that grit factor that pugnacity, like to quote Brian Burke, like you need that sort of factor in the playoffs. So I think you run the risk of being bullied out of town. Like, where do you, where do you stand in that conversation? Cause as you know, we could talk all we want about Mitch Marner having an unbelievable year, Matthew scoring goals, but we know it's just going to be so tight come the Stanley cup playoffs. Right. Well, yeah, I mean that, that whole conference at Eastern conference is, uh, I mean, it's, it's wild the, the teams that you're going to have to go through, just to make it to the Stanley Cup final is is insane. So, you know, uh, us teams over here, the Avs and teams over in the West, you know, East, go ahead, beat each other up. Just <laughs> go seven games and just have tons of bumps and bruises by the time you get there. And, you know, hopefully, again, the Avalanche are there. But, um, yeah, it's it'll, it'll certainly be interesting. But you need that grit factor in, in the playoffs. I, I understand that the game is moving away from having – you know, big burly dudes that, you know, can only, you know, crash and bang and they don't have a lot of skill or whatever. But at the end of the day, in the playoffs, you need to have a little bit of a bully on your team, some intimidation factor. It doesn't matter because you're playing that same team night in, night out, best of seven, right? So you can get in somebody's head. 
you know, guys are going to start hearing footsteps. D-man are going to be like, oh, this guy's right on my butt again. Like, here we go. He's just going to run me over. And I don't care who you are. You do not like getting run over time in, time out, game after game, game after game. That gets tiresome big time. So having those guys that are physical and able to get in there, get on the body, wear guys down, it's, it's so important to have on your team. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more, and certainly they'll need that in the first round here against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, not to compare Toronto and Colorado, but what do you think the Leafs can learn from Colorado's journey over, say, like the last decade here? Well, I mean, let's let's think about this. The last time the Leafs made the playoffs, I was playing junior <laughs> hockey, and I was back home oh. in Ontario living with my parents. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a long time, man, like a really, really long time. So I, I don't know. For the Leafs, I, I just they, they just have to get over that hump, right? They've been close. They've been seven, you know, losing in game seven. You know, you'd love them to not even get to game seven because obviously there's just just demons floating around in that in whatever dressing room they're in, whether they're on the road or at home. So you'd like to see them not even get to, get to that game seven. But for, for the Leafs, I just think it's important that they make some trades like they did. They've kind of pushed their chips all in, and so have some other mm -hmm. teams in the East, which is kind of crazy that that many teams in the East are throwing a lot of chips in, in, in the pot there, and let's see what happens. But for the Leafs, I, I just think that, yeah, they've, they've, made the, they've made the right moves at the deadline. They, you know, um, Kyle Dubas, he's done everything that I believe he can to solidify this team and make them a playoff team. Now it's 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 on the players at this point. It's the it's not the coaching staff. It's not the GM. They've those guys have all done their job. The coaching staff they've implemented, you know, whatever type of style that they want to play. Now it's one hundred percent on the players to come up, show up, bring bring tenacity, bring that edge, all that stuff. Yeah, it's it's sort of funny. I mean, from that perspective, there's not much more they can do and now to push everything into the middle. As you said, I couldn't agree with that approach, you know, much more. It just you, the fact that this is incumbent on the players, like it's your time to shine. It's your time uh, to get the job done. I was just curious to get like sort of the perception from like the Colorado point of view when it comes to the Leafs, as you know, back on New Year's Eve, what a way to ring out. 2022 for Toronto they pull out a 6-2 win Bunting scores two goals in that game what's the perception around Toronto like out of market do do like you know I asked uh, RA from Spit and Chicklets this uh, when I had him on a couple months ago like what's the perception do Bruins fans take the Leafs seriously like do Avalanche fans like talk about the Leafs does anybody in that market care about the Leafs uh, in all honesty you don't hear too much about the Leafs here I mean Colorado yeah. is they're they're a tight-knit group this fan base they're, you know, there's not, there's not a team, you know, an hour flight away. Every team that you want to play is, you know, a two hour flight. So the Colorado fans, they're in their own little bubble and they sit, they stay here and they watch the Avs. Well, they try to watch the Avs faithfully, Comcast and Altitude mm -hmm. and Rocky Sports. They're, <laughs> they're, they're in their tiff for, this is, I, I think they're on year three now where you can't watch games locally. So uh, people have found a, other avenues to watch a game, but that's here nor there. So I, I don't believe that, like, you know, the Avs fans, they're not looking at Toronto being like, oh, Toronto, they're this, they're that. They don't think about that. I mean, just because I, I believe it's because they're in the East and they're, they're, they're over there. They're kind of out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. So we worry about, yeah. we worry about our teams over here, the Minnesota Wilds, you know, the Vegases, the Winnipegs, the Dallases. Those are the teams that, uh, that we worry about. And, 
you know, eventually in the playoffs, if it, if it comes down to it, then we'll, then I think this fan base will look at Toronto and be like, all right, let's, let's see where they're at. It's very true. Everything is, is built on the success in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And of course, the Avalanche win last year. And you even look back, even pre-deadline, the conversation in the West was all about Colorado, all about Edmonton. But LA's been outstanding lately. I know Minnesota lost Kaprizov, but they've been really, really good as of late. The Dallas Stars, I think teams are, people are, are sleeping on that team as well. So it should be a lot of fun to see if uh, the Colorado Avalanche can repeat. Just a couple more on your sort of playing days. Like, what did it mean to you as a local product to be a Toronto Maple Leaf? And uh, is anything stick out from your time as a Maple Leaf that makes you laugh or makes you like just uh, reminisce? Well, yeah, I, I grew up obviously Oakville Hamilton, so I grew up watching watching the Leafs. That was the only team I could watch. You know, there I don't believe there was any uh, NHL package when I was growing up, and if there was, we we certainly didn't have it or could afford it. So the only games I ever watched were were the Maple Leafs watching Dougie Gilmore, watching Wendell Clark at Maple Leaf Maple Leaf Gardens. You know, I only went, I went to one Maple Leaf game when I was a kid, you know, sitting up in the nosebleeds at Maple Leaf Gardens and going to the bathroom and just, I remember the trough, the troughs being in there and <laughs> yeah. all that kind of stuff. So that was always, that was always a memory for whatever reason that I have. Cause I was like, what are, what are we peeing in here, dad? But so, you know, I, I have those fond memories and then obviously being, being drafted by them was, was very special and that was a treat and it was in Nashville and I have a, I'll tell you a quick story. We were after, yeah, after the draft, each team, each team has a suite, you know, that obviously wraps around the rink. And so we went up to the suite and, you know, Pat Quinn was up there. George Armstrong was up there. It was pretty cool. And my, my, my uncle Bob was there with, with my cousin, his son, and my uncle Bob, he was a huge Leafs fan. You know, he grew up just outside of Toronto his whole life when he, when he was young and he, you know, would tell me stories how he would take, all his players' cards and go down to Maple Leaf Gardens on Saturday mornings and get guys to sign them and whatnot. So when he was in the suite, he was obviously in heaven. And uh, he got a picture with Pat Quinn beside him, George Armstrong, you know, on the other side. And then my little Uncle Bob in between, I think the top of his head made it to their shoulders or whatever. And he actually had a, a good buddy that worked for the, the Toronto Sun, I believe. And so my mm -hmm. Uncle Bob was in a picture on the front page of the sports with those two guys. So he he kind of cherishes that moment. So I was, you know, I'm, it's pretty cool that I was able to have my uncle there for that. And then my parents were obviously there. And um, I think, uh, what was it? Uh, Wayne Gretzky, he was there with Arizona. And he was a couple suites yeah. down. And we're just sitting there. And all of a sudden, my mom, out of nowhere, just starts yelling, Wayne, Wayne, Wayne. <laughs> and I was like, what is she doing? And then sure enough, she's yelling at Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> hey, can I get a picture? Can I get a picture? So I have a picture in my Maple Leafs jersey that I got obviously on draft day with Wayne Gretzky in the in the wow. well the Arizona Coyotes suite now. So I've I've got a cool picture with Wayne and so just th those little memories and you know I I played three years in the minors for the Marlies. I played their inaugural season there. You know, so that was kind of fun to to be a part of that. And I played three full years there and I didn't know where my career was going to go. I never got called up once. So I was just like, Ugh. like I was on the fence. Do I resign? Do I go to Europe or whatever? But I'm really happy that I stuck with it and I resigned and I was able to make the Leafs that next year. I had a decent NHL career after that. So 
but just yeah it was it, it was obviously a very special moment and, and a special time for me to be able to play in Toronto and play for my hometown team that I grew up watching I could safely say uh, we loved you here. We loved having you on the show today. Appreciate your time. Uh, looking forward to tonight's game and hopefully a long run for both teams, okay? Oh, 100%. Thanks for having me, Nick. I appreciate it. Anytime. That's the one and only uh, John Mitchell, former Leaf, former Avalanche, now with the Altitude TV and giving some great insight behind the scenes. Like I think it's so cool when players are from the area they get they get to live out their childhood dream like is there not a better feeling especially when you're drafted by that team as well so great insight uh from john mitchell dropping by here on the show so great to have him on and again covering the colorado avalanche these days for now let's go over uh to the points bet canada chat a couple other uh, news and notes as well i wanted to bring up matthew nyes what a stud he wins the big 10 player of the year can't wait to potentially see him in a maple Leafs uniform coming up my big question, Mark, what's he going to do number-wise if he does sign with the Leafs? Uh, is there a watch involved? Uh, Nick Robertson, uh, how much does he want to give up that number? Kyle Dubas also saying that Ryan O'Reilly will return before the Stanley Cup playoffs, saying that at the GM meetings yesterday. Busy chat, people loving Johnny Malkin. Uh, Justin Dickens writing in. Yeah, Justin, this is our, uh, our new spot for our live show, so you're going to find every live show here at the Leafs Nation 401. If you haven't uh, hit the like button and subscribe just yet. Uh, what's up, Mr. Mr. 5893 coming in hot today. Timmy, how's it going, buddy? Uh, Corey Parrish writes in. I thought that was a really fascinating answer as well about Nola Chari. Um, Corey writes in, Achari and McCabe and Shannon O'Reilly for sure are underrated pieces. Because to me, that's the big question with the Leafs. Like, for the most part, you know what you're going to get from the big boys. It's like, who can be that X-Factor player? Very similar, again, to what our Terry Lekin and brought to the Colorado Avalanche last spring. And I love the Achari answer. I think he can be that type of player. I do think Alex Kerfoot can be an X factor. Just get him off the schneid. Maybe a Kerfoot goal tonight in a revenge look against the Colorado Avalanche would be fantastic. A honking, honkatong, honk, I can't pronounce his, his handle. Honkatompelope. <laughs> I probably got it wrong. But John Mitchell, number 39, Leafs legend. I could not agree more. He also writes, David Camp is the Leafs' most underrated player um, I like that look too. David Camp's another guy, man. Like you just, you have that feeling he can score that big time goal for you. So I'm looking forward. A lot of trough conversation as well. Yeah, I'll be honest. Like I'm 33. Um, I, I remember the troughs. Um, obviously, I'm a bit young to remember them full fledged at the gardens. But like the whole trough idea never made sense. Just again, and I wrote this in the chat via the Leafs Nation uh, YouTube account. But like the residual piss on the shoes from the trough was just ridiculous to me like you would go home with piss all over your shoes and just from peeing and going to the washroom but uh, i'm happy to report they've changed that at scotia bank arena um and again a lot of people big fans of the uh, john mitchell interview so really really appreciate that love all the input uh, here in the community the past week past couple weeks uh, post deadline as we get set for the stretch drive at the stanley cup playoffs and looking forward to this game tonight again a measuring stick game um honking antelope thank you james uh, that makes more sense honking antelope there we go <laughs> some clarification in the chat because i can't read and broadcast at the same time it's just really really difficult and the font is kind of small but i appreciate you clearing that up james honking antelope there you go love it book it so again looking forward to this uh, toronto colorado game should mention rosie's gonna be back tomorrow also a programming note we won't be with you on Friday, so no show on Friday. Again, we'll be back on Monday. We will be with you tomorrow. 
Um, as promised earlier in the week, Jackie Redman of the NHL Network of WWE of TNT is going to be by. We're going to get her thoughts. Of course, a big-time Toronto Maple Leafs fan. We'll see if Jackie thinks the Leafs have what it takes to get over that hump, finally win the Stanley Cup this year. So Jackie Redman's coming up on tomorrow's show. Rosie will be back. And again, a, a full recap of uh, the Leafs and the Colorado Avalanche. And once again, many thanks to producer Alex, as well as today's guest, John Mitchell. Uh, John Mitchell, yes, Johnny Malkin. You love to see it. You love to hear it. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for listening and watching. Take care. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.